0: Beyond the four walls and a steeple that we know of as the church, just what is the church? We have an answer for you next on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. The Church. Not just the building, but the organic life that happens inside that building. That life that takes place between you and I and every other believer that gathers together, calling themselves Christians. So with that in mind, what is the church? And what does scripture teach about the church? Well, those are questions we'll answer for you in the next couple of days. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. We would invite you to join us as we begin our time in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's broadcast.
1: If you open your Bible to the book of Ephesians chapter 5, I think this will help us. You know, Jesus, he said that upon this rock, the massive rock of Revelation, that he was the Christ, that he would build his church, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it, that nothing can stop what the Lord has planted, what he's breathed on, what he's established, what he's ordained, that when he sets it in motion, that the devil, all of hell No man can stop what he's doing. He said the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And so when we sent out, we were sent out to plant this church from Gateway City Church. They laid hands on us, prophesied, sent us out. This was one of the things that I always uh, was aware of and, and wanted to keep in mind that this is God's church. That the church, whether it's this church or church down the street, if it is a real and authentic plant from the Lord, that it is his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And there's a certain level of confidence that comes with that. There's a certain level of certainty, of understanding that if Jesus has breathed on this, he's birthed it. There's going to be times and there's going to be moments where you have your rocky moments. You have issues and things come up. Church is a family. You have squabbles and stuff happens. But at the end of the day, if hearts are right... And God has really planted it. It will stand the test of times and it will prevail. Amen? And God alone, he brings people together. He unites people. I was telling uh, someone the other day, having a couple conversations with people, that it's about about purpose. God has united us together for purpose, not just for relationships. Relationships spring out of that. We have great, you know, koinonia and things of that nature, but at the heart of it, God connects people to, to people for a purpose. There's purpose in it. And we have to learn to, to really look for that. And so as a church, it's been amazing these last 11 years to see God's purpose established in the earth and people touched from all over the world through the gospel. But when we look at the scriptures, there's a couple things that we're going to see concerning the identity of the church that we have to make sure that we're all clear on. And the first one is found here in Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 22 on down to 32. Look what it says here. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22. For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the what? Church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to, the, to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church. He says, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their wives, their own wives, even as their own bodies. He who loves his wife, loves who? Himself. He says here, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, it just as the Lord does the church. The first things we have to realize about the church is the church is the bride of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. We, as the people of God, are the bride of Christ. When we think about the bride, we think about covenant. That all of us in this room that are Christians that have given our life to Christ... We have entered into a, uh, a covenant. We've entered into an agreement, a binding agreement, whereby we've made pledges concerning things we do in the relationship, and he's made pledges concerning things that he would do in the relationship. And we must never forget this, that we are the bride of Christ. We are in covenant with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and that there is a unity there that we have to expect, we have to receive, we have to enjoy And being a bride of Christ, we have access to all that Christ possesses. He's made us joint heirs together with him. We have access to all provision, everything we need to get our job done in the earth. We have access to it. Why? Because we are the bride of Christ. We have access to his name. We pray in his name. We prophesy in his name. We cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We heal the sick in the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. We have access. Why? Because we are his bride. We have his protection. We have his covering. We have his leadership. We have his guidance. We have him in our lives. And for us, we have to realize that through our union with Christ, we also are able to reproduce after our own kind through the gospel. We now go forth and we share our faith with other people. Why? So that people can become the bride of Christ. People can come to know Christ. And there could be a multiplication. So as a church, we must never forget this. We love the buildings. We thank God for the cameras. We thank God for the technology and all the great things. People right now are watching this service all over the world through live streaming. We thank God for all those things. But we must never forget that the church is our people. And the, is, is, is a company of people and that the church is the bride of Christ. Do you see yourself in covenant with Christ? Do you see yourself in relationship? Do you see yourself being married to him? That Noah, The world can't have you. Demons can't have you. Your own selfish desires can't have you. The things you want can't have you. That you've given your life and been joined together with Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Amen. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. And let's look at this, verse 22 to 23. This is really good. It says here in verse 22 And he, God our Father, put all things under his feet, Jesus's, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills, he says, all things number two we are the body of Christ and when I think about the church as the body of Christ I I think about the word expression expression Christ through us gives expression he expresses himself he reaches people he touches people he changes people he draws people and we must never forget that we are the body of Christ that Christ is the head of the church And as the head, he sends the signals to where things should go. And so it's not us, the body leading the head, but the head is leading what? The body. And all of us have to embrace this. As as if Jesus says, go left, we go left. If he says, go right, we go right. If he says, sit still, we sit still. If he says, go and buy this, we go and buy this. And he's sending forth. The information and he's helping us to go forth in the direction that that he wants to go as we yield to him as his body the fullness of him he rests and dwells within the body i would say corporately then also individual we have the desire to be filled with the fullness of who god is but as a church we can't forget that that it's not about our witty ideas it's not about our creativity it's not about what we think is right. It's not about our, our, our tradition. It's not about what Mama Nim did. Can I have an amen? amen? It's not about what my last church did. It's not about this. It's about what is Jesus saying to do? And through his word, he gives us insight into that. He whispers in our ears. He talks to us. And especially with your leadership team. It's my job to hear from God and just do what he says. I don't have it all figured out. I don't know what the next move is always going to be. But I do know how to pray. I do know how to talk to Jesus. I do know how to fast. I knew how to say, this is your business, Lord. What do you want us to do with your business? And I think as a church, we need to embrace that as a body. Because ultimately, as a church, we're getting an expression of who Jesus Christ is in the community. And we want him to be glorified through us. Amen. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. This will also help us. It says this here in verse 16. He says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy which temple you are. This is the next thing that we look at. We are the house or the temple of the living God. When I, when I see the, this, this, these passages of scriptures, I, I, I think of dwelling place. I think of habitation. I think of resting place. I, I, I think of, 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 uh, of communion. And for us, we must never forget that as a church, we are, as we gather together as the people of God, we are the holy habitation of God. We are the temple of the living God. He dwells in us individually, but he also dwells in us corporately. We know that we're the body and there's an expression and function God wants to, you know, express through us. But as the temple, we want to be a resting place. Can God find rest in this place? Can he find rest in our lives? Can he find rest in our marriages? Can he find rest, you know, with us as we're going through our daily lives? And I think it's an important thing that that as the church, we want to make sure that we're always a place where Jesus can feel welcome and that he feels like this is a resting place and you can always find him hanging around. Number one, you can always find him hanging around you. Can I have an amen? That we can always find him hanging around. Anytime the doors of this church opens and we come gathering as the people of God, that you can always find Jesus in our services. That you can always find a touch from God at the well. That you can always find a resting place. That when you come in this place, you walk in the sanctuary, that you can sit back and, and we already, I tell you, some of we have to kick y'all out of the church. because People don't want to go home after service. But what this is a good thing. We want the, the, our lives personally and corporately as a body to be, to be a, dwelling, a dwelling place for the Lord. We are the temple of the Most High God. A building doesn't impress Him. Our money doesn't impress Him. Our stuff doesn't impress Him. He wants to get into people and reveal His glory in their lives and find a resting place in our minds. A resting place in our emotions. A resting place with our will. A resting place in our body. That we really consider ourselves the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we gather together, there's a synergistic effect. Why? Because all of us, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in our lives. And so, I love Apostle Paul. He's telling them, do you not know that your body, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? That the Spirit of God dwells in you. And then he says this, if any man destroys the temple of God, him God will destroy. That, mean, that tells me that God's not playing. That God will kill you. You mess around with God's stuff. Mess around with God's business. Mess around with God's churches. Mess around with God's not playing. And I don't know about you, but that woman over there, if anybody messes with that woman, you got a problem with me. I will lay hands on you. <laughs> well, how much more... Well, Jesus, who died for his bride, gave his life for his bride, was buried for his bride, rose from the grave for his bride, and now is dwelling in the midst of his bride. Be careful how you put your mouth on churches. Can I have an amen? You might just be talking about somebody's bride. And we have to be careful about stuff like this. We are the dwelling place and holy habitation of God. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. I got a few more for you. This is good. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 on down to 24. Look at this. It says here in verse 22, the writer of Hebrews, he says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, To an innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered where? To God, the judge of all. To the spirits of just men, he says, made perfect or complete. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that, he says, of Abel. And so this is a, a beautiful thing that when we, when we consider being a part of the church, and I just wrote this down. We have to consider, number one, that this speaks of the church's heavenly origin. And it speaks of our true citizenship. We are the assembly of God. When we have come to the assembly of God, we gather as the assembly of God. Why? Because we're a part of the great heavenly assembly of God. When we come together, we're we're coming together to fellowship over the things of God. To get into the mind of God. To get into the holy scriptures. To understand what God is saying. As we're gathered, there's angels all around this room right now. That the Spirit of God is dwelling in this place. Jesus is, is in the building. Amen. God our Father is looking down upon the service. And we're just not gathering as people. We're gathering, understanding that the church is of heavenly origin. It was God's idea, God's purpose, God's dream. And not only that, but our citizenship is not just that which is of the United States, or of Cuba, or of Japan, that when we gave our lives to Christ, that our names were, hidden, were written in heaven's registry. And that the church is, is truly, is heavenly. And this is what we have to get in our minds, that my, my life is not just about who I am on the earth, it's about also who I'm establishing myself to be in the heavens. Do the angels know you? Do the seraphim, have they heard of you? Do the great patriarchs that have gone before us, are they hearing our names? Are they understanding that there's a new crop coming in on that day that have done great things in the earth to glorify God our Father? That we are the church of the living God. And it's not just about becoming popular on this planet. It's about getting a name in heaven. It's about knowing that I'm of heavenly origin also and that the church, that our church isn't just popular in this community, but it's popular in the heavenly community. I want the angels to say, you know about what's going on at the well? You better ask God to send you down there. They have a church. Amen. Angel, have you heard about them? Man, they they us some work. Man, I was just down there and I helped them cast some demons out of people. Helped them get free. Man, I had, man, some almost got into a car wreck and I stopped them. We want to be, no, not just on the earth, but in the heavens, y'all. That's where the true popularity. He says, you've come to the General Assembly. You've come to great people. And the church is not just of earthly origin. It's of heavenly origin. And we have to keep in mind that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Can I have an amen in this place? Ephesians chapter 2. This is also important for us if we're going to have a church that stands the test of time and continue to see God move. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 on down to 10. It says in verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. He says, Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Workmanship. Workmanship. When I speak of, when I think of workmanship, I think of molding, processing, preparing. I, 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 I see a picture of someone that's, has some clay and his uh, potter and his molding. And I think we must never forget that as the, the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ, as, the, as the, the house of God, and all these things that we also are his workmanship. That means the church is going to be constantly moving and growing. And as you watch, you watch this, this deal here and you saw... How we started in one place and then we moved and we were stretched and this happened and that happened. And it's just a part of what happens when a, with a local church when God gets his hands on it. And he keeps his hand on it. And as he's keeping his hand on all of us in this room, we have to learn to yield to him. To realize that God's going to pull some things out of your life. He's going to put some things in your life. He's going to kind of stretch you in one way. And then he's going to smash you together. Sometimes you're going to feel like he's stomping on you. And then sometimes you're going to feel like he's throwing you up in the air. And sometimes you're going to feel like you're on a roller coaster. But you're his workmanship. That means you don't get to dictate to him how you're going to turn out. Can I have an amen? He tells you how you're going to turn out. There are certain things about you he likes. There are certain things about you he doesn't like. And we have to learn to, to, to tell ourselves if God doesn't like this about me, then God, then take it away from me and help me to give up to you so you can have your way and you can make me what you want me to be. And as a church, it's the same way. Some ministries God likes and it was for a season. And sometimes God's okay, that, that's over for you guys as a church. Now I want you to move on into this. There's certain seasons when God has me teaching on certain things. And then God says, okay, don't talk about that anymore. I want you to start talking about this. And then there's certain times when God says, I want you guys to shout during the service of the power of God is here. And we shout and we're jumping and dancing. And there's certain times when God comes in and he says, I want everybody just to be quiet. Be quiet. Can I talk? Sometimes God, and what we do sometimes, we come to church. And if it's not this way, we, way, we think God's not moving. If it's not that way, we think it's, God's not moving. And we think if it's not this it, But God, you don't dictate to, to God how he wants to move during the service. Can I have an amen? And I'll remind everyone here, and I say this all the time. Even when it comes to worship, we're not singing songs to you. We're singing God songs to Jesus. And so you may not like the song, but it's not being sung to you. Can I have an amen? We must never forget that. I don't like the music there. Well, the music isn't for you, get in there and praise the Lord. We want to find out what God likes. We want to find out what gets him to manifest his presence to come down and to be glorified in our midst. Because we're his workmanship. And so that means we're going to be moving and changing and evolving. And we love that. Some Sundays, churches are packed. Some Sundays, people are out vacationing. And you can't worry about all that. Why? Because at the end of the day, it's all about God. It's all about God. And we realize that we are his workmanship. He's molding us, amen. How many feel like you're being molded right now? Amen. That's a good thing. First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. This is also important as we're growing as a church, where we're maturing as a church, and, and we've seen all the great things that God has done. We we praise God, but we must never forget in our minds these these points here. First Peter chapter two. Verses 4 and 5. This is good. He says, coming to him as to a living stone. Rejected indeed by men. But chosen by God. And what? Precious. You also as living stones are being built together into a spiritual house. He says, a holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. He says, through who? Jesus Christ. We must never forget this. And I want to go down. And uh, let me see this here. I want to go down here. Uh, Let's skip down here also to verse verse 9. He says, but you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God.
0: And you're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening, and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925-292-7800. Or write to us, times of refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. Livermore, California, the zip code is 94551. And obviously, you're welcome to join us on our website, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net, and you can email us from that website as well. Now, as you visit our website, we do have other resource materials available. Our online store, past sermons are available as well as a COVID-19 update. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, at least until May 1st, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, again, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful during this challenging time with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.